This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey folks, welcome back to Boiler Up Down South. Uh, it's your boy Drew here. Um, I'm joined once again by my uh, bud, Garrett Shearman, um, and we are here to discuss week three Purdue football, the Boilermakers against the Orange on uh, Saturday night under the lights in West Lafayette. Um, Purdue's coming in. Uh, looking to get uh, to two and one after a big win over Virginia Tech on the road. They're also looking for a little revenge after, uh, let's say, a uh, controversial end to last year's uh, Syracuse game. Uh, and so um, we're going to talk a little offense, a little defense, maybe talk a little uh, about some injury issues from Syracuse and uh, try to get y'all uh, to know what to expect uh, from the game on Saturday. Um, so we're going to go ahead and we like to get this commercial break out of the way early. Um, appreciate y'all hanging in with us and listening to our sponsors. All right, back from the break, and uh, I'm ready to just jump straight into the Syracuse offense. Uh, if you've taken a look on Hammer and Rails at my offensive preview for Syracuse, um, you'll know this uh, offense is all about the quarterback. Uh, Garrett Schrader's coming in as a fifth-year senior. This is his third year as a starter at Syracuse, and uh, the offense is really geared around him. Um, the new offensive coordinator at Syracuse this year was his quarterback coach last year, so he knows what Schrader likes or he doesn't like, and um, this team will go as far as Garrett Schrader can lead them, um, which has been sort of a... Uh, Tricky proposition. He's a tough player to get a hold of. I feel like I have been covering him for the last decade. Uh, I wrote about him when he was Mississippi State starting quarterback. Oh, I a, forgot about that. Right in a K State preview in what seems like a lifetime ago. Um, I don't know if any of y'all remember that game, but he took one of the hardest hits I've ever seen quarterback take and get up from uh, to end that game. Uh, if you haven't seen it, look it up. Uh, I would go Garrett Schrader helicopter on, uh, <laughs> on YouTube because uh, the man was sent into orbit um, and did not quite get the first down. But that is one thing about Schrader's game, man. He is a tough, tough quarterback. He doesn't shy away from contact. No, he runs like a tight end, and he's not somebody that looks to slide. Uh, he looks to lower his shoulder and lay a safety down. Um, if one gets in the way. Um, and that is a little concerning um, for for me uh, with this Purdue defense. Um, tackling is has been an issue, especially in the secondary. And Schrader's a tough dude to tackle. He's one of those quarterbacks with real strong legs um, that doesn't go down on first contact. Um, if you try to arm tackle him, he's going to make you look silly. And uh, I've seen, uh, especially out of the secondary, uh, a lot of arm tackles. Um, so Schrader's really the first, I would say, true dual threat that uh, Purdue has faced this year. 
Um, you got a little bit out of Fresno, Mikey Keene. You got a little bit out of Grant Wells before he got injured. Um, you saw drones come in for Virginia Tech for that final drive of the game and uh, have a nice run uh, where he did manage to truck. I can't even remember who he trucked to get out of bounds. Uh, but um, that's uh, going to be a bit of a change-up uh, for the Boilermaker defense this week. He's a quarterback you can't lose contain on. Um, we were terrible at holding the edge against Fresno. It was much, much better against Virginia Tech. Uh, the coaching staff added some more twists and outside stunts that allowed the defensive ends to uh, sort of get wider while the outside linebackers had a more of a direct line to the quarterback. I expect to see a little bit more of that, but Purdue's got to be really cognizant of their uh, rush lanes uh, in this game. Because if you let, get Garrett Schrader out on the perimeter, he's not an elusive guy. He's not Kyler Murray. He's not Gianni Manziel. But um, he is almost like Hudson Card in a way. I'd say a more physical version of Card, uh, where he's a big athletic guy who runs fast in a straight line and doesn't tend to deviate from that path regardless of who's in his way. Um, he's also a guy that likes to play outside the pocket. Um, now, in his first two games, he's looked nice inside, but Garrett and I are going to talk about it in a minute. Uh, they haven't played anybody. Um, and he's been able to sort of sit in the pocket and just pick out receivers. Um, but over the last two years, and from what I've seen of him, he's a guy that's more comfortable on the run. He can get outside, break, contain, buy his receivers some time, and then put the defense in a bind where they have to decide if they're going to come up and uh, stop the run or if they are going to stick with their receivers and have Schrader turn it upfield and maybe pick up a long QB run. Uh, Purdue likes to play a lot of man. That tends to be tough uh, dealing with uh, mobile quarterbacks. Because if you're chasing somebody down the field, especially in the defensive backs, you're not looking at the quarterback. And uh, so Schrader uh, getting to the edge um, could be trouble, especially in that first game uh, against Fresno when Mikey Keene extended the play and saw Purdue defensive backs a lot of times in man, but then sort of peeked back at Keene, and by the time they turned around, uh, the receiver was gone, uh, headed down the field. Um, so Garrett Schrader's the guy to know. Um, he's going to run uh, a lot of zone read. They haven't run much out of that from the quarterback position this year because they haven't had to. And I'm assuming they're saving some hits on their starting quarterback. Uh, but um, I expect more of it in this game uh, because it's, uh, you know, winning time for Syracuse and uh, Dino Babers. And with winning time, that means Schrader's going to strap on that uh, chin strap and he's going to go out and uh, run the ball a little bit more and uh, try to extend drives that way. Yeah, and as we were talking when when talking about Virginia Tech, I mean, the whole sh Hudson card can run, but should he? Because there's nobody really behind him in the quarterback room. Syracuse doesn't have that problem because, and I think that might be why they're allowing Schrader to run sort of, I don't want to say recklessly, but 
with a certain degree of reckless abandon. Uh, but he's a big, tough guy, 6'4", 230. Uh, he, can, he can take that contact. Uh, but the quarterback behind him, the Florida transfer, Carlos Del Rio Wilson, um, I know a good a bit about him because he went to one of my rival high schools. Uh, and if you don't know anything about McEachern High School, you just need to know that they have a 13,000-person stadium they are a football factory. They pump out NFL players all the time. Um, and then he transferred to Cartersville High School, uh, about 20 minutes north of where I grew up, which is, of course, the high school that pumped out Drew's boy, Trevor Lawrence. T-Law, baby. Everybody loves some T-Law. I looked like a knockoff T-Law when I had long hair in college, but we don't talk about that anymore. Well, sometimes we do talk about it. It's pretty funny. Yeah, no, at one point, all the hair on my body was on my head and not on my upper lip. Um <sighs> But yeah, uh, so I think I think they might be more comfortable running with Schrader just because they know that there's a solid option behind him. Like Carlos Del Rio Wilson would be starting at a lot of uh, ACC or Big Ten schools, um, and he, that's got to factor into the game plan because he doesn't have the same cannon of an arm and he's not quite as mobile as Schrader. But you know, if you have somebody who's very capable of doing their job right behind your quarterback who doesn't shy away from contact, you're gonna let that quarterback be able to do his thing a little bit more. Exactly. And that's, uh, like I said, you haven't seen a ton of the Schrader uh, keep and sort of the recklessness, although a couple times in the Western Michigan game, he just straight up lowered his, he was out, and I was like, all right, he's going to get down, and he just straight up lowered his shoulder and ran somebody over. Um, and so uh, I would not be surprised to see uh, Del Rio in this game at some point. He has played... Uh, in both of their games already, um, I think he basically took over at halftime, went five and nine uh, for 57 yards uh, against Western Michigan, um, in a, just a, sort of a blowout. Um, he's not quite as mobile, but uh, he's maybe I would say more of the traditional quarterback. Uh, Garrett, would you, would you say that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because you you look at him and he's a similar size uh, in terms of weight distribution, but Schrader um, certainly has has better legs on him and has a little bit more of an arm. That being said, he is a very very serviceable backup, and again, would be starting at at plenty of schools. Right now, speaking of backups, uh, it's probably a good segue into the big question mark coming into the game. And, uh, again, if you read my uh, office preview, you've already seen this, but uh, Oronde Gadsden, uh, the first-team All-ACC tight end uh, coming into the year, uh, was injured on basically, I think it was Syracuse's second play of the game against Western Michigan. They play on that god-awful turf in the, uh, in the dome, just like a shag carpet stretched over like a concrete pad. It's, uh, I've seen so many players get hurt on that uh, turf. And uh, Gatson, it didn't look anything too bad. He just got like his foot caught up. And uh, he left the game and uh, was on crutches by halftime. Um, Dino Babers hasn't been able to give uh, any sort of injury update on him this week. Uh, but um, if he's not able to go, that really shifts things, I think, uh, in terms of this matchup. He's really their dude. He's their playmaker. He's their best player. He's going to be an NFL player, uh, probably an early to mid-round draft pick uh, when he decides to come out. Um, he's a former wide receiver 
uh, that is bulked up. He just got him. big. Yeah. Yeah. He got big, and they were like, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna play him uh, on the outside or at tight end." But they they do so much stuff with him to flex him out. Um, and if he is missing, that is a huge part of their playbook. That's uh, I'm gonna guarantee that like a quarter of their playbook is like how to get a Rondé Gadsden the ball. Um, I'd say that's a conservative estimate. Probably a conservative estimate, and I just don't see. Uh, anybody capable on their roster of stepping in and sort of being that guy. However, they do have some massive receivers on the outside. Um, this is the biggest receiver, one of the bigger receiving cores I've seen recently. Uh, they've got uh, Damian Alford on the outside, 6'6", 210, uh, and, they, uh, and he's going to be their boundary receiver. Uh, they've got Isaiah Jones on the outside, uh, 6'4", 200. Um, even their slot receiver uh, receivers are big. They go 6'1", 6'2", uh, across the board, really. Um, and then they've got sophomore Umari Hatcher, who leads the team in receptions uh, this year. Another guy is 6'3". So they have pretty much the like opposite of what Purdue has in receivers, where Purdue mostly has... Slot guys like Burks and uh, Sheffield. Syracuse features just big guys on the outside um, that can go up and get the ball. Um, and so, in, a, in one way, that's you know tough to cover. You can get, see a lot of back shoulder throws, fades. Um, but on the positive side, they don't have that super slippery slot receiver that Purdue has yet to figure out how to deal with. Um, and so, um, I think we're probably a little more, uh, attuned to stopping, uh, sort of the larger receivers on the outside than the, uh, shifty guys, uh, over the middle. Um, so hopefully, uh, Purdue has a plan. I'm sure they will. They'll have a plan of how to, uh, deal with the, the physical presence, uh, on the outside. Yeah, I agree. I agree that uh, Purdue's probably a little bit more equipped to handle, you know, big sideline tiptoe type catch receivers. Um, as we saw, we saw plenty of that in Western Michigan, where Garrett Schrader would uh, roll out and throw it toward the sideline. And I, I looked up Western Michigan's roster. It's not like their secondary is that small, but I kept looking and I'm like, God, these guys like they are dwarfing these these corners and safeties. They're just big. They're very, very large and very good at catching the ball. And I do think that's going to dictate Syracuse's offense to be more thrown toward the sideline than it is over the middle. And with with Purdue's uh, secondary having some issues tackling, I think think that's probably a better better fit for Purdue to succeed there. Um, Exactly. And I will say, though, that while we're going to talk up their wide receivers and Garrett Schrader... um, Syracuse's big issue is their offensive line. Uh, they lost, from what I can tell, in the same game, they're starting a right tackle, uh, David uh, Wolbaugh. Um, another guy got twisted up in that awful turf. Um, and uh, did you see, by the way, where like the NFL Players Association yeah. is basically demanding that yeah. everybody get rid Post of, Aaron Rodgers thing. of the turf? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, anyways, uh, a little late for Syracuse. I always hated playing on turf. I hate playing on turf. Ugh, it's gross. 
Um, even that new field turf stuff with the pellets, uh, I don't of y'all have played on it. They just like get in like every crack and crevice of your body. All, all in your shoes and then you slide and you have a big old rash on your knee for two and a half weeks. It's great. Yeah, and it just doesn't feel right under your feet and it really catches your feet up. So anyways, they lost Wolba to an injury uh, and much like uh, Gadsden, there hasn't been any update. He is... a Sounds like, from what I've been hearing on the Syracuse side, it sounds like he's definitely out. I think Gadsden has a chance to play, but I don't think he will be at 100%. Yeah, he'd be limited for sure. But man, even Western Michigan was able to sort of get after the Syracuse quarterback. It's a good thing that Schrader's big and athletic uh, because he's taken some hits this year against teams that you wouldn't really think could get to him. Um, And so... Purdue's strength is uh, is getting after the quarterback uh, and uh, getting hits on him. Um, Nick Scorton and Kydron Jenkins. I don't know if y'all saw PFF has Jenkins is like in the top ten in terms of like QB pressures uh, in the nation through the first two games. Uh, and so that's really where I think Purdue can sort of keep Syracuse from really attacking hard down the field uh, by just harassing Schrader every time he drops back. And uh, the good thing about forcing him out of the pocket and making him roll one way or the other is that he doesn't have the arm. He's no, Most people don't. Most people aren't Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes where he can just stop and attack the other side of the field. Uh, if you can get him out of the pocket, that cuts the amount, the field in half, basically, and makes the job of the secondary a lot easier. And if they want to attack deep down the field uh, with their big guys, um, it's going to be tougher. They're going to need some time, uh, and uh, they haven't got it so far. I was just looking. Western Michigan had six tackles for loss, uh, a couple sacks. I think a couple more, what I would consider quarterback pressures. Um, and guys, Western Michigan is bad. They have a new coach. Uh, they're breaking in some new players. This isn't one of those uh, Western Michigan team that are going to jump up and bite anybody. Um, yeah, I mean, their first their first game of the year was a win, so they came into the Syracuse game 1-0, but that win was 35-17 to over St. Francis. Yeah. Football powerhouse St. Francis. And and so, like I said, just the fact that they got those two sacks and, and hit Schrader a lot, uh, that's uh, where I think this Purdue defense can really uh, excel. Um, and one thing I do know about Schrader, ever watching him for the last uh, decade, <laughs> is that uh, if you he's going to try to make plays. Uh he can sometimes overcommit to trying to make those plays, one might argue. That is really where I'm sort of going with that. Thanks, Garrett. Yeah, he's going to try to make a play even if a play isn't there, especially if he gets frustrated. Uh, and uh, so Purdue can be that sort of defense that just gets the hit and gets the hit and keeps him uh, in the pocket. And uh, then he, he has a tendency to start forcing things Um you know, it's his fifth year. Maybe he's got that flushed out of his system with this offense and his offensive coordinator. Uh, he hasn't really uh, thrown, put many balls in jeopardy so far this year. But, again, there hasn't really been much of a need to. 
Uh, yeah, Purdue's the first like real team he's gonna see thus far. Yeah, I mean honestly, uh, Colgate and Western Michigan. Like, if you look at just the raw stats coming into this game, Syracuse is in the top five in the nation in offense and defense. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, so we have Garrett and I were talking. We have no idea how good they are. They've looked good, but they haven't played anybody. Uh, and both of those games have been in the dome, um, and that's just such a weird place to play football. Uh, a lot of teams struggle there, um, and I mean, let's be honest, Colgate and Western Michigan are going to struggle anywhere. Uh, but they've had real sort of comfort, comfortable games, uh, and are going to sort of get their first actual test. Meanwhile, Purdue comes in pretty battle hardened after. You know, that dropping a close one to Fresno and that weird game last week against Virginia Tech. Uh, so um, I like that in Purdue's favor uh, as they know what it feels like to get punched in the face this year and Syracuse has yet to even have somebody take a swing at them. Uh, so, uh, yeah. That's uh, one place where I think Purdue has a serious advantage. Um, I'm going to toss it over to Garrett and let him sort of take the lead here for a minute uh, while he's going to talk about the uh, Syracuse's uh, 3-3-5 stack defense under Rocky Long. Yeah, so um, Rocky Long, if you're not familiar with the name, he's been coaching football forever. I think he's got to be like 73, 74 years old at this point. Um, he's one of, the, one of the pioneers of like that 3-3-5 where they use a rover. Um, and you know, that's part of why Dino Babers, uh, sought, sought him out. Uh, he kind of wanted to incorporate more of that, um, you know, spaced out defense. So the thing, the thing with their secondary is that they don't really rotate them a lot. They, they do have very good cover corners. Um, number 14, Wilson, what's his first name? Uh, um, number 14. Uh, 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 number 14. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah Wilson. There we go. Yeah, that's a cool name. So, Jeremiah Wilson, he stuck out to me the first two games. And, yes, Drew and I sat through the 65 to nothing destruction of Colgate because we were bored. And I honestly didn't realize that that was uh, the game wasn't live until about halfway through the third quarter. Where Garrett went, wait, this, they played this three days ago. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, it took us both a minute to figure that out. I never claimed to be the smartest person on earth. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're secondary. They don't really rotate guys too much. They kind of stick with that core group. Um, but their their front six is like defense by committee. They rotate those guys a lot. And if you were to look at the depth chart, I think it would be kind of misleading because um, a lot of those guys might be listed as one and two, but really they're like one A, one B. Um, one guy, I, I am I am kind of impressed with their defensive line. And one guy who gave uh, who gave Purdue fits last year, um, who we all remember as the the little bowling ball, uh, Kevin Darton, number zero zero. Uh, double zeros is 5'10", 275 pounds. And that's that's difficult to go against if that guy can move well because he's got such a low friggin' center of gravity. It's like trying to block a spire hydrant. He's, just, <laughs> he's, he's not going anywhere. Uh, he's not going backwards, at least. You can't get under him. Um, I just remember breaking that down a couple plays from the Syracuse game where Purdue couldn't score on the goal line. It was just because Kevin Darton was just like crawling underneath the Purdue offensive line and 
would not, or and Purdue could not move him. Um, so yeah, like Gary was saying, uh, I uh, thought Darton uh, as well is just he's a fun, tough little dude in the middle, and I'd say little two hundred and seventy pounds, you could probably break me in half. And, suck out my insides like a chicken bone so uh yeah darton big issue darton's gonna be a big issue and then also um their their linebacker core which which is led by uh leon lowry you know right behind him is is stefan thompson and stefan thompson himself could yeah thompson himself could be starting at uh multiple schools and the the real only issue I saw from their defense in Western Michigan was the uh, third play of the game, if you include the kickoff. Uh, Western Michigan had a 75-yard touchdown run where it was kind of just like a draw up the middle. Um, it's the only example of that game where I saw poor tackling from Syracuse. So I know they haven't really played anybody, but until proven otherwise, we're going to go ahead and put the stamp of approval of them being a good tackling team. Um but, I mean, again, like, if Maccabee can slip out of that, is like, the first real running back they're going to see all year. So, uh, again, we just really don't know much about Syracuse, given their competition. Yeah, and it was that was a weird Western Michigan game where you kind of, like, you got that big play from them to start the game, and you're kind of like, oh, well, this might be interesting. And then they just poured it on 17 points, uh, uh in the first quarter, 28 points in the second quarter, and then, you know, they coasted to victory 48-7. to But, yeah, that first play, uh, the the Western Michigan back just broke it and was gone. And I one thing I will say is that I was surprised that uh, the safeties didn't run him down. Um, I don't know, maybe he's a real fast dude, but they didn't even really seem to close on him much. So, um, you know, that could be one spot where uh, Maccabee, if he can – Get out there and, and get in the open field, slip a tackle. He might find some uh, some pay dirt. Yeah, it's it's just uh, it's weird that you said like on that play, um, the safeties almost seemed disinterested at the end of that really long run. Uh, it almost seemed like, all right, well we know we're gonna win this game anyway. Let's give them one right now. It was kind of weird, but again after that the defense tightened up. I didn't see any real issues tackling on uh, Syracuse's part. Um, but yeah, it's really just going to come down to, Hey, you're playing a, an actual team with actual four-star recruits now. Uh, how are you going to adapt offensively? Right. And definitely one thing that I, uh, I think is going to help Purdue is, uh, is Hudson Carr's mobility that three, three, five with the Rover, uh, Syracuse likes to bring some weird pressure off of it. So they're usually going to bring four from what I've seen. Uh, but that fourth guy is gonna come from different spots. Um, yeah, they're never gonna show you the same the same guy applying the pressure. It's gonna be one of their uh, outside linebackers uh, again by committee. Or I've seen them even uh, bring corners off the edge and then buzz out that uh, that uh, rover player into coverage. So what the three three five is good at is bringing pressure from odd places. So uh, Card is going to be up to make some pre-snap adjustments to make sure he's got uh, everybody blocked up. And he's going to need to be mobile because there are going to be some... I mean, Purdue's had a leaky uh, offensive line already to start the season. 
that uh, may continue to improve with Harwick uh, coming back potentially this week. Um, and then it was better last uh, game with Kaltenberger uh, in its center. Um, but uh, they're going to have to be on their game uh, both physically and mentally because this 3-3-5 is going to send guys from places you don't normally see them coming from. The good news is that uh, if you can break that initial tackle, and Hudson Card can, uh, a lot of times a big play is behind that. Um, I watched Clemson play this 3-3-5 for a while. Brent Venables went to Iowa State and took it when we ran out of defensive tackles one year. Um, and, uh, you know, it took it to the, uh, the college football playoffs with it. Uh, but um, that was one thing that I, even, even with Clemson back in the day when they had all of their studs, um, if a mobile quarterback got outside on that 3-3-5, uh, there were plays to be made down the field. Uh, because uh, of the sort of aggressive style of the defense. Um, so, again, someplace where I think Purdue has a chance to sort of get after that untested Syracuse defense. Uh, Garrett, do you have anything else to uh, add to the uh, cause? Well, I mean, like you were just saying, um, I, like the three-three-five is – really good for keeping a defense on their, or sorry, keeping an offense on their toes. Um, again, sending pressure from places you wouldn't normally see it. Um, but I have called this type of defense a feast or famine defense before, because there are those big plays that can kind of arise should somebody uh, break contain, get out of the pocket, slip away, blah, blah, blah. And especially with Hudson Card being able to do that, um, dude, if you if you can get one if you can get one wide receiver to lose his coverage and just get lost somewhere in the middle, there's there are plenty of big plays to be made, especially uh, some big yards after the catch as well. Yeah, no, totally agree. I've seen it feast or famine. Uh, Card's gonna take some hits in this game, uh, but um, I think he's uh, more than capable of standing in and uh, delivering both from the pocket and on the move. Um, uh, Like Garrett said, they look like they're a decent tackling team. They haven't had to tackle anybody, so I don't know what that uh, really means for Maccabee. Um, I think we'll probably see him sort of also try to slip outside maybe on occasion and and get outside of that four- or five-man rush that Syracuse is going to bring and see if he can't uh, find some open space in the – swing pass and, and screen game um, where Purdue can maybe get him uh, matched up on a uh, safety or a defensive back and let him do his uh, crazy legs thing. Yeah, I kind of see this as a game where Maccabee is going to start off slow but just kind of keep wearing down the defense and he's going to like bust a big one late or like, you know, like you said, a swing pass and there's nobody there and he's out in the flats and he just takes it a good good chunk of yards, maybe 20, 25 yards. Um I, I think I think uh, Syracuse's defense is going to be more gassed than they're used to, certainly from their first two games uh, at some point in the third, early fourth quarter. Um, but beyond that, I mean, we just we just haven't seen them play anybody with actual good players. Sorry to uh, Colgate and uh, and Western Michigan, but this is uh, obviously Syracuse's first real test as a defense. You got a bunch of guys uh, who are very capable of putting, uh, getting the ball into space, um, and 
we're just going to find out how good Syracuse actually is this week. All right, Garrett, so how do you see this uh, game playing out? Um, you were on the Virginia Tech side of the ledger last week. Um, I didn't know there was going to be a six-hour rain delay, bro. That's that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Sounds like an excuse, but okay. okay. Meteor- but... Meteorologist Drew did correctly predict that that game was going to see some bad rain. That's right. That's right. Um, and so uh, what do you think, how, think about this one? I think Purdue's going to grind this one out late again. I think since it is Syracuse's first real test, and then especially they don't rotate their uh, secondary too much. Um, if Hudson Card can extend plays, he's going to wear those guys down at some point. And I'm looking for more of an up tempo type thing in that uh, in this scenario, which I'm creating for myself in my head, and I choose to manifest into existence. Um, another thing I do want to point out is that. Syracuse's place kicker is good, but he's playing in a dome all year, man. This is his first game of the season. Like, I know kickers get better, and this isn't his first year. He's a sophomore now. But kickers get better over the year, but when was the last time he kicked outside? Has, certainly has not done it uh, yet this year. So, you know, we got that 730 kick, maybe a little wind blowing through Ross Aid, make everybody uh, cool off everybody a little bit and make the uh, kicker a little nervous. Uh, and I do feel like... Uh, like Garrett said, I think this is a game that's like gonna be most Purdue games. It's um, it's gonna be a toss up. It's gonna come down to who makes plays in the fourth quarter, um, who can avoid the big blow up turnover, um, and I like Purdue in this one. Something like uh, 27, 24, 31, uh, 27. Something around that. I think the points are going to be scored uh, by both sides. Uh, I think I would probably take Syracuse with a healthy Rondé Gasson because, boy, he destroyed Purdue last year. Uh, over 100 yards receiving, two touchdowns. They like to play him in the slot and uh, an All-American uh, tight end coming out of the slot is maybe Purdue's worst nightmare. Yeah, that's terrifying. So the fact that they don't have to deal with that, or at least won't have to deal with a, a full-strength uh, Aronde Gadsden, uh, I think pushes the uh, win over to the Purdue uh, column of things. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm there as well. I'm going to say similar scoreline, and I'm going to I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that a Syracuse missed kick Ooh. has a big, a big impact on the final score of this game, and I'm going to say Purdue 34, Syracuse 31. I like it. I like it. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up for us today. I hope you enjoyed your last uh, half hour of uh, football knowledge from the uh, Boiler Up Down South crew. That spells buds. Do you guys get it? Buds, because we're friends. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Drew, and uh, this is Garrett, and uh, you know, signing off from Athens, Georgia. Hopefully we will be back on Tuesday to talk about Purdue's big win. So, yeah, I think we'll be talking about a win on Tuesday. And um, don't get confused with the Garrett SHs here. Garrett Schrader is the one you should be focused on this week, not me. Not me, not Garrett Shearman. Folks, folks, all Garretts aren't related. I had to be apprised of this earlier in the week. I assumed that Garrett and the Syracuse quarterback were kin, but apparently that is not true. So, anyways, um, we're just going to go ahead and uh, let y'all go. Have a nice day. Uh, If you're going to the game, 7.30 kick, under the lights, should be fun. Uh, Make sure uh, if you can get there, get there. Y'all come back now, you hear?